in the framing of the Mockingbird media, the election night was about people who deny elections, deny the existence or the legitimacy of elections and everybody else. Of course, it's a myopic, silly, nearsighted view, but there's a good, good trend that even MSNBC was forced to admit. And I'm making a prediction here and now that MSNBC statistician he can't be long for his job. He's just doing too much truth telling. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. What am I on? I'm on the second dose of the bone frog today. Bonefrog.us. Please make sure you use the .us when you purchase the coffee from them. That keeps me and my friend Tim Cruikshank square. We know who's helping who. We help each other. Tim is a 25-year Navy veteran. Navy SEAL makes every effort he can to hire vets and to work with veteran-owned companies. It's bonefrog.us. Yeah, to hear it from the eyes of the, or to, why can't you hear it from the eyes? <laughs> to see it through the eyes of the Mockingbird media. The election was about one thing. It was about election deniers. It was about people who want to tear apart democracy. We're a republic, and I'll continue to say that, even if it bothers people and everybody else. And that's the casting. And it's pretty clever casting. Anytime you can put everybody on your side, except for the crazy people, that's a smart way to organize things in people's minds because ain't nobody want to be around the crazy people. But it's a fascinating thing as well to look at some of the election results and to ponder one notion. If you look at, say, for instance, uh, Washington State, which is an utterly and right now for the next for the next 50 years, uh, it is irrevocably broken. It, it will not come back. And I love you guys in Washington State. It was my home until three years ago with some stays in D.C. and Salt Lake and, and San Francisco. Certainly, I, I traveled a little bit, but it was home base. It is fallen. You're not going to get it back. And election fraud is encoded in law there. Let me give one race for an example here. And I know folks outside of Washington State may not find this as interesting, but let me just make it a national issue because it is one. There's a guy named Dan Newhouse. And Dan is a coward. I know Dan is a coward because Dan had a one and a half year invitation to come on to my radio show to talk about his agenda in D.C. and a one-year invitation to come on to talk about his decision to vote to impeach President Trump. And anybody who's ever spent five minutes listening to me interview political opponents knows that I am absolutely reflexively polite. One can debate and be polite, and sometimes that's even more effective. Oftentimes, it's more effective. You get sometimes great results. I was talking to a Washington Post writer who actually turned out to be a really good sport. He wrote a book about how Donald Trump caused all the COVID deaths and, and Trump's White House was chaos. And I asked him a question. I said, do you think, do you think Tony Fauci is an honest man? And he said, yeah, I think uh, overall, I, th I think Dr. Fauci is an honest man. And, and I went through some instances and said, was he honest when he said that there were no immunities to this? Was he on and, and I went to, and you know what he said? He said, actually, that's a really good point. Maybe he's not that honest. Dan Newhouse wouldn't have such a conversation. And they never said no because they're cowards. Had they stood up like Ron DeSantis had to the view and said, hey, you, you, you call Governor DeSantis, uh, Death Santis, et cetera. Why should we come in your show? If Dan Newhouse had, had, had his staff write back and say, you say that I ignore Black Lives Matter, that I helped a terrorist group. I'm not coming on your show. Okay, good. Now we know where you stand. But no, it's not going to do that. So Dan Newhouse came in at 27.3% and a Democrat came in at 26. Washington State has a insane primary program. 
So the top three is Lauren Culp. Now, I know Chief Culp, and Chief Culp is really new to politics, and I consider Lauren to be a good guy, and he's a patriot. I have no doubt that Lauren is a patriot and that he would shake things up in Congress. Absolutely. I think he could be a very good congressman because they think he deeply cares about representing people. Dan Newhouse doesn't give a hoot about Washington State anymore. He's a creature of D.C. But here's the question. What would happen if the Republican Party didn't try to derail Lauren Culp? Because they did. In every possible way they tried to. They hate him. Well, why? Because he said that there was election fraud. Because it wasn't his turn to run for office. Because he refused to wear a woke mask. Because he refused to pretend the medically useless, deadly, politically targeted lockdowns were anything other than medically useless, deadly, and politically targeted. And mostly it wasn't his turn. He ran for governor in Washington state and they didn't support him even a little bit. And I've heard from political insiders in the party in Washington state who say, no, no, he wouldn't take advice. You got it wrong. We had all sorts of advice for him. We had all sorts of ways that he could soften this position we, and he wouldn't take advice. He wouldn't back off of these or that positions. And then he said that there was vote fraud. Well, vote fraud is part of Washington state law. Let me give you an example. In this race, this is the 4th District in, in, in Washington State. In King County, you can change your vote district without moving. Just change it. That's, that's vote fraud sitting there. You know, a week before the election, a couple of weeks, you can go, hey, you know what? Looks like we're a solid Democrat here. Looks like the Democrats going to win our district. Let's move our votes to a different county or to a different part of King County. Let's do that. They allow that. They allow provisional ballots at the very last second. They allow votes to be counted from addresses that do not exist. My friend Glenn Morgan at wethegovern.com has has cataloged this. Now, Glenn has said, we haven't yet found the linchpin to say that they that they stole an election. But yeah, there's hundreds of ballots that are that taken from addresses that simply do not exist and never have existed. So the ability to commit vote fraud is there. And then there's the aspect of fighting the party. Here's another scenario. Washington State um, Open District 8, Kim Schreier. Kim Schreier pretends to be a pediatrician. She's an, a, an abortion fan. She's a lockdown fan. She's a shoot all the kids up with mRNA trash poison fan. Now, she handily won. Okay, so she came out 49.4%. Matt Larkin, who is a great constitutional conservative, 15.9%. Reagan Dunn, 159 Reagan Dunn is a nice man who is a moral coward. And Republican shiny shoe. This race is the prime example of Democrats who talked about this. They said, hey, if it looks close in the open districts, shift your votes out of Seattle. Seattle is a fallen country within a country. So understand the scenario. Seattle leftists all they have to do is read the polls and say, oh, look, Kim Schreier is behind. We should, she has to have a crushing victory. Let's just go and change our registration address. They don't move. They still live in the heart of communist Seattle. They never move. They change their address. The votes count. And they may or may not keep that address in the general election. They never live in the district in which they're allowed to vote. Let me give you another example. In the city of Seattle, the election people there have said, we will count votes on napkins. No, I'm seriously on napkins. I'll give you another example. In the state of Washington, uh, in, the, in the following country of Washington, it is possible to know by looking at the envelopes what party people registered as. It's possible to throw out 
Republican votes. Oh, dang, darn the stinking lock. That didn't make it to the bat. That didn't make it to, to counting. So it is two things. It is in the, in the fallen country of Washington, vote fraud is built into this. And then the GOP simply hates candidates who are not shiny shoes. Who have any concern about election integrity. And I can confirm this. I've had their bosses on my radio program. They hate the discussion of election integrity. They say it's a loser's game. Right, let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about um, the fact that, that, that in Delaware, they may end up doing the same thing in Delaware that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court just did. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court ignored the plain meaning of their constitution around how elections are to run and said, no, 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 provisional ballots, that's fine. Like same day, same minute voting, that's fine. And what it, it, what it specifically is, is unsupervised voting. That's, that's not supposed to happen. But the, the Supreme Court there said, ah, who cares? And then a guy who's on the Supreme Court got there through um, donations from a guy who's being indicted for, for election fraud. $750,000 he gave to get his brother, or is it brother-in-law, his brother or brother-in-law onto the Supreme Court. And he's being indicted for for illegal campaign donations. And not the $30,000 Dinesh D'Souza did, but actual serious money. So taking all these things together, there really is good news because Donald Trump's, you know, Donald Trump had some victories. Now, I prefer not to look at it as Donald Trump's victories, to be honest with you, President Trump's victories. I prefer to look at the battlefield this way. So the, the, the leftist media wants to pretend it's all, all, all about the election deniers. That's how they want to phrase this, and that's how they want to frame it. And to prove the point, here's a scene in discussion on that. Let's look at the Arizona governor's race, where you have Carrie Lake, who's the former TV broadcaster, who essentially says she's repeating Trump, channeling Trump. If I lose, uh, someone's cheating. Uh, and you have uh, Karen Taylor Robson, who is the establishment candidate for governor, endorsed by the uh, current Arizona governor, endorsed by, this is a Trump-Pence divide here. Uh, where are we if we're looking through, if we want to call it the Republican establishment versus the Trumpy candidates as we get deeper into the primary season? Who's winning? Uh, well, so far, Trump's winning. And uh, and Arizona will be a big test of that. I think Liz Cheney in a couple of weeks is going to be an even bigger test. Uh, no one's even really hiding how many different money streams there are of establishment Republicans as well as Democrats, uh, you know, trying to lift her up. But I think when you really zoom out, like, Democracy is hugely on the ballot today. And I, I just can't miss the juxtaposition of Nancy Pelosi landing in Taiwan, this historic and very controversial trip, and saying in her public comments and her writings, this is about elevating a democracy, this crucial democracy. And look at the tests at home on the ballot. And this is not about partisanship. This really is about what does American democracy mean and what kind of candidates are being nominated to roles where they could have pivotal decision-making over the integrity of elections. Right, and I, I mentioned just about, you know, it's a possibility that Republicans in Arizona will have a statewide slate of people who are election denied. I so that's the way they frame it, and maybe even in their minds, uh, because we've talked earlier this week in the show about the promise to the boss man of CNN, all those people live in the same neighborhoods. They don't see what we see. Uh, they can't see the effect of the diesel prices on neighbors down the hill who are, who are truck drivers. They can't experience talking to friends of theirs who are dairy ranchers, dairy farmers, cattle ranchers, who are talking about the effect of diesel and heating fuel and the constriction of fertilizer that's coming. They can't hear it. They can't watch small communities on the border being just paved over with illegal immigrants. And, and at the same time, they don't want to have all sorts of sympathy for the boss man of New York and the boss lady of Washington, D.C., as they say, oh, well, we need National Guard assistance for these illegal immigrants, although they call them migrants. These people can't see that. They don't talk to people in the military unless it's shiny shoe generals. So they don't get the earful that some of us get when we talk with friends of ours who've served or who are serving saying they're gutting us. They're, they're firing our best, best warriors. They're, they're shooing them out of the military. They're going to miss the recruiting numbers by 60%. 
So they want to cast it as this is about democracy, whatever that means to them, because it doesn't mean anything in the way they describe it and in the things for which they advocate, which is open borders, open elections, um, at the same time, vaccine passports, diktats, injection diktats. There's, there's no democracy to this. So, yeah, they want to cast it as just President Trump, as just uh, questioning the election integrity. And if you don't question the election integrity, then you're a person who lives in the inner city of Detroit and doesn't lock your doors. If you don't question election integrity, you don't ask for ID when someone comes to, um, or you don't ask for ID when someone comes to your house and says, hey, I'm a cop, let me in. You say, okay, come on in. I don't need to see a badge or ID. I'll, I'll trust who you say you are. If you're someone who doesn't question election integrity, you have absolutely no problem looking out your window and seeing someone going through your mailbox. Oh, it's probably just, they probably just need to get in there. If you don't question election integrity, you question the, 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 their, the desire for people, the willingness of people to cheat in a country that industrialized the killing of babies to the tune of 60 million people you, you, who will now inject people by force to sell product. If you, don't, if you don't question election integrity, you don't question any of those things either. It's, it's remarkable. But there's more to this. She mentioned the trip to China and that this is great diplomacy on behalf of Nancy Pelosi. This was also on CNN. And the great thing about this clip is, as Benny, um, Benny describes it, Benny Johnson describes it, you have, you, have, you have Jake Tapper staring really blankly at this guy. The deeper problem here really is that the, the visit by the speaker is really pushing America more toward recognizing China as an independent country. That's that's a big problem here. Don't forget too, it's you know, Speaker Pelosi. It's a free pass for her. She's not the president. She doesn't have to worry about uh, conducting foreign policy worldwide. She's the member of Congress. She doesn't have to worry about it. She does a little, but not much. So poor Joe Biden. He looks weak because he either told her not to go. And it looks weak in the Chinese guys, or he's weak because he told her not to go and she went anyway. And that, that makes us look a little bit weak to the Chinese. And I got to tell you, during the time I was serving in Beijing, one thing I really learned, Chinese understand strength better than do people in any other country. And they could smell, smell weakness 100 miles away. We've got to be strong, but strong in the best sense. That really means where they were. Deeper problem here. Yeah, and this goes back to the, the, the discussion about Trump versus the rest of America. The rest of America can see Joe Biden. <laughs> the rest of America can see that this man is not running anything. The rest of America can look at this and say, you are focusing on pronouns with our troops as China is on the march. That's how that you have even 75% of Democrats saying Joe Biden shouldn't run again. But yes, yes, yes. Let's continue to frame this as just a Donald Trump issue. Now, let's just continue to frame it as election deniers against all other things. It goes back to this great, unbelievable divorce between the people who purport to bring us information and they themselves don't live in, with an axis of information. They can't access information that matters. They can access data, but they cannot access information. I, I could send someone a manual. Well, let's say it this way. I, 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 could, I could send someone who's never lifted weights this book I bought, which is decades ahead of my experience, and it is the mechanics and the physics of weightlifting with diagrams and, and acceleration math and, and where you find center of balance is fascinating to read. I could send that to anybody and they could read it and consume it. They could be a, a, an airtight engineer. The physics could be easy stuff to them. They could repeat it. They would know every formula. And then I would say, pick that bar up and snatch it. And they couldn't. And it's likewise with the people in the media. They cannot access information from anywhere outside of a 20 block region. They cannot access any ideological, no, in any diverse information. They can't have, they don't have diverse information sources. So they've got data, but they don't have diverse information sources. Unless it's this one dude at MSNBC and he said something about this election 
and about a trend which is apparently continuing. This is part of what he said. Hispanics are now voting Democratic by just 13 points. So from 38 to 21, now down in the 2022. There's more to that that he said. This is part of the encouraging, continuing revealing of things that God Almighty is engaged in. God Almighty is saying, let me cast some light on this for you. Sin and the enemy loves to hide in the darkness. You know, our friends at Allen Soaps do such a good job of offering us specials that sometimes I get them discombobulated in my head. And Alan's dad, Alan is the young man who is now 12. He's deeply impacted by autism, but he is a super creative force. Super creative. He has a soap company. He's the chief soap officer of Alan's Artisan Soaps, A-L-A-N-S soaps.com, um, dash Todd, alansoaps.com slash Todd. All of these are natural fragrances because Alan's skin, given his medical concerns, can't handle anything that's not natural. All of the scents are very unique, but I think very subtle, even the new ones. And then there's the scentless soap called Pure. Now, I got this note from John, who is Alan's dad. Everything at alansoaps.com dash Todd is now 10% off when using coupon Todd at checkout, except the Herminator sub. DIY kit and factory seconds because they, are <laughs> they already have the discount built in. They're already thinking of you on this. All right, John. See, and this is the, this is the funny thing about this is John listens to the show every day. And this was a God thing on how John and I became friends. This is a man who out of his own goodwill reached out to me when I was running digital at the RNC and said, your email program is good. All I can help you make it great. True to his word, he did. He helped us enormously. And then he had kids. And his life focus shifted to take that business acumen, that focus, that drive. He is crazy energetic to create a soap company so that his son, Alan, will always have dignified work. And then God spoke a little bit more and ramped it up. Build up Alan's soaps, build it up based upon um, the, the fact that, that Alan's life matters, the lives of all people, Down syndrome, Alzheimer's, autism, all matter. They can all contribute, Alan contributes. And now we're gonna go challenge other companies. We do it without automation, you try it. So it's alansoaps.com slash Todd. That's the clarification on the things that you get 10% off and where the discounts are already built in. alansoaps.com slash Todd. As the Lord continues to reveal things, he's giving us a great big reminder. And the reminder is this. He created all of us. He's the God of all. He's not just the God of this tribe or that tribe. Yes, he did favor the Hebrew people, made a covenant with them. And then as that covenant grew and in the New Testament change, then it was to reach out to others. And in fact, the Hebrews were to be a difference to the world. People were to look at the Hebrew people that became the Israeli people and say, wow, it's safe over there. They don't eat their kids. They're not performing Baalian sacrifice. They don't go around beating their wives all the time. It's different. They, they use honest weights and measures. I didn't get cheated over there. Now, of course, the, the Israeli people drifted from that and continued to drift. And the promise of God is that there's going to be a remnant and they'll return. But in the New Testament, then, we were to go make disciples baptizing them and, and, and teaching them in the ways of Jesus all around the world. He didn't say, except for Hispanic people, don't go there. Except for Chinese people, don't go to China. And as I'm looking at this trend of Hispanic voters, God's also revealing to them what is being done to people. And this goes back to the discussion about the shiny shoes. Uh, it, it go, let me go back to the, the use case of Washington State because I know it well. They didn't run. No one there ran about on, hey, why are they trans in kids? Why are they sticking wrong sex hormones in kids? Why is Children's Hospital arranging to have penises sliced down the middle and, and testicles removed and fake vaginas made on children? Why is that? Why is Mary Bridge doing this? 
Why is the state of Washington allowing men to live in women's prisons and then to rape the women? Why is that a good idea? Why are they hiding the fact that men are in women's prisons? They didn't run on any of that. Why? Because they're scared. They're terrified. Because they're moral cowards. That's why. You still have a state under emergency declaration by a dictator. They didn't run on that. Oh, yeah, they mentioned it. Matt Larkin ran on it. He's a conservative constitutionalist. Lauren Culp mentioned that. He's a conservative constitutionalist. The conservative constitutional Christian candidates mentioned it. We interviewed him on the show. The establishment wants nothing to do with it. They're deathly afraid of pharma. They're deathly afraid of being called transphobic. Because television reporters who've left TV and are now out lecturing them on how to be Republican have said, you just have to like, you have to like people who pretend to be a different sex. Yeah, you know what? We have to love them, but not agree. They didn't run on that. They didn't run on pornography in the schools. They didn't run on teaching kids to masturbate together in seventh grade. They didn't run on teen orgies in ninth grade. They didn't run on teaching kids how to do sexual blood play in high school. They didn't run on the state's education department linking to articles that explain why it's a really good idea for black and brown kids to watch porn together. They didn't link to articles where teachers are advised to tell kids if your parents will not buy you a sex toy, use a cucumber. They, nope. Because they're afraid. So what is driving this trend with Hispanic voters and how long can this guy um, last at MSNBC speaking this sort of truth? I I don't know. His, His name is Steve Kornacki. Hispanics are now voting Democratic by just 13 points. So from 38 to 21, now down in the 2022 midterm polling to a Democratic advantage of just 13 points. How long does he get to do that? And explain that. So what's happening? Hispanic people are not immune to not wanting their kids made into angry, racist little sex bots. Republicans won't run on it. There's another thing that was not really on the ballot as far as it should have been on the ballot in this election. And that has to do with the continuing state of medical tyranny. But in all of this, there is this good news. The attempt to crush Kerry Lake as I'm recording this looks like it has failed. Now, I will tell you, and I've said it out loud, I've said it in the cast before, I have deep questions about Kerry Lake. Deep, deep, worried questions about Kerry Lake because she seems to be a recent convert to this. I don't trust a recent convert from uh, Camp Obama to Camp Trump. Particularly when someone is a TV personality because politics is a great proxy for fame. But based upon what she said in the campaign, based upon how she ran this, she also ran on this other platform. And this is the one that the shiny shoes themselves don't understand. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the stakes of the game until about a decade ago. And I was in politics in some way, fashion or form my whole life. And when I began to understand the stakes of the game was when I began to understand how spiritual this all is and how evil so much of this is. Then I began to get it. Now, perhaps she's had a similar change. And perhaps things mean something more to her than they do now. And this, to me, is always going to lurk in the background. When someone says a joke like this, there's a lot of truth in jokes. I mean, if you're writing comedy and sketch material, whatever. But if you do confessional comedy and you confess things about yourself, there's always truth in this. And this is Barack Obama sitting down with Stephen Colbert. And you may have heard this before, but this is the part the Mockingbirds also don't understand is that a lot of us watch Joe Biden pretend this is just great. This is just nice Uncle Joe. This is just Amtrak Joe. This is just Delaware Joe. 
This is just milk toast, Joe. This is just harmless, Joe. This is just Jill Biden's husband. This is just a dear, sweet old man. This is just milk toast, middle of the road, never harm a person, Joe Biden. Those of us who's followed his career know that he is a mean, kneecapping, bite-backing, backstabbing grifter who's gotten filthy, filthy rich out of selling his name and having his crackhead son sell his name. We know all that. So the question is going to remain for me as we are now gearing up for the presidential election is what exactly is this guy willing to do to continue to maintain the power that he has? Because are we honestly going to forget the scene at the White House where this guy showed up at the White House? Do you remember this scene? Barack Obama shows up at the White House and the figurehead is there. And the figurehead is walking around looking for someone to pay attention to him. This is the guy we call president in his tuxedo, as I recall, at least a nice suit, walking around trying to find someone to shake his hand or someone to come and stand by him. So doesn't anyone want a photo with me? And here's Obama holding court. And people are surrounding him. Power brokers are surrounding the power broker, Barack Obama. You can always tell who the leader is in a room. He was the leader in the room. And then Biden came up and he was tapping people on the shoulder. All right, you guys, uh, come on now. Uh, let's go. Uh, follow the lead. Come on. And, and and Obama looked at Joe Biden with the same look that Doc Holliday gave that guy in Tombstone who was walking up with the shotgun. Remember that? He's the guy who Wyatt Earp kicked out, pulled out by the ear. Remember that scene? Wyatt Earp pulls the guy by the It was Billy Bob Thornton with a lot of extra weight on him. Pulled Billy Bob Thornton's character out of that bar and then turned around and took a piece to you know run security and be the dealers. Remember that? Later, the guy shows up with the shotgun. And Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp are talking and the Earp brothers. And this guy comes up and he's got the shotgun and he's going to, he's going to shoot Wyatt Earp. And Doc Holliday looks over at him. He says, well, Johnny Tyler, madcap, where are you going with that shotgun? And then this guy stops and he looks and he goes, Doc. Then he goes, have you met my friend Wyatt Earp? And the, the character stops and says, Wyatt Earp? Yeah. And he goes, put the shotgun down. Or later, no, he, he, the guy freezes. And they go back to talking. And Billy Bob Thornton is standing there frozen, realizing that's White Earp and the Earp brothers, and that's Doc Holliday. And they're friends. And I'm a dead man if any of them want me dead, shotgun or no shotgun. And then Doc Holliday does this. As they're wrapping up the conversation, he looks over at the guy still there with the double-barreled shotgun. He goes, well, Johnny Tyler... I, I forgot you were there. You may go, but leave the shotgun. I forgot you were there. That's the exact look. Obama gave Biden this. He was coming up and tapping people on the shoulder saying, all right, guys, come on, let's go. So I've, I've gone long. You'll hear the clip when we come back, it, but it lurks for me in this. And then there's something else that's simply not on the ballot. And I'm going to say this again. Because I am watching the articles come out. They are beginning to slay the groundwork to hang something around the neck of President Trump. And they will absolutely get away with it if the president doesn't change course. He has got to change course or they're going to skewer him with this. Uh, later today, our friend Zach Abraham is going to join us uh, with Bulwark Capital Management, the chief investment officer there. I can't wait to ask him about the Biden inflation stuff. Anyway, thank you, guys. Should Americans be worried about inflation, sir? Well, I, I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. And by the way, talk of inflation, the overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. I don't know anybody, including Larry Summers, who's a friend of mine, yeah. who's worried about inflation. We also know that as our economy has come roaring back, listen to that. We've some price increases. I can't wait to ask Zach about the Inflation Reduction Act. And I don't know why. It's because it's not because I don't know what he's going to say, it's because I love the way he says it. And I love the consistency. Why is it that someone like Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management can have been saying for a decade, the 0% interest rate loans cannot keep our economy healthy. The sugar high, 
The so-called quantitative easing, which is in fact just the conjuring of fake money, is unhealthy. Why is it that it's just Zach and people like Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management? Because he'll be the first one to say he's not alone. Why is it that he, he can say, hey, if we're going to switch our economy over to electric cars, we better be getting behind copper and zinc and aluminum and steel. And hey, we're going to go all solar. We better get into coal. We better be looking at coal. These are the core elements of these things. How is it that Zach has been able to say this? Because he's not a game player. Because he's not a pump and dump. Because he's not a Larry Kramer. He's not a Larry Summers. He's a man whose own net worth is 95% connected to Bulwark Capital Management. He and his family's future reside in that. That's having major skin in the game. And then because of his focus, it's risk management. You know, and I know, when you think about retiring, it seems risky. Because what if the day before you retire, the market just tanks or bonds tank? The risk management strategy of Bulwark Capital Management is what has made them a success in Zach's honesty. You can go get his radio show and introduce yourself so you get a call, talk about moving your portfolio over there, particularly if you're five to 10 years from retirement at knowyourriskradio.com, knowyourriskradio.com. Or if you want to do it faster way, the better way in my judgment, just call them 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. And this is the piece that continues to lurk for me in the background. What is this guy willing to do to maintain power? Uh, I've said this before. uh, People would ask me, knowing what you know now, do you wish like you had a a, a third term? Um, And I I used to say, you know what? If if I could make an arrangement where um, I had a I had a, a stand in a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with that because I found the work fascinating. Um, I mean, I write about the, the, the uh, even in, in my, on my worst days, I found puzzling out, you know, these big, complicated, difficult issues, especially if you were working with some great people to be uh, uh, professionally really satisfying. That continues to lurk in my mind. What is he willing to do? Well, what was he willing to do? Let terrorist groups run wild, burn American cities, call for the murder of cops and get it. He was willing to do that launch a propaganda campaign in coordination with social media, with the Mockingbirds, to pretend that Donald Trump was a Russian asset and that the election was hacked. He was willing to do that. The FBI was willing to agitate the crowd, at the very least agitate the crowd, in Washington, D.C. to cause January 6th to escalate. They were willing to coordinate with a guy who was walking into the Capitol illegally. They're willing to let Ray Epps walk around. They were willing to stage a kidnapping hoax. They were willing to take a flu that had been in circulation for about a year prior to them announcing it and naming it COVID-19 instead of SARS-CoV-2. It had been in circulation for about a year. They suddenly decided to make it scary. They shut down our, not our entire country, because of course, big business thrived. They did that. They destroyed kids' minds. They shut down their schools and their socialization. They put masks on their face. So there's a whole generation of children who will not have the properly functioning synaptic um, um, relays mirror synapses in order to have true empathy. So they won't have that. Their reading is down. Their language skills have plummeted. Their grades have plummeted. IQs are plummeting. They destroyed small business. They did all of this as a great societal shift in the great reset. And they accelerated the plan because they had to get rid of orange man. So what exactly wouldn't they do? 
Well, there's a lot of things that are going to come to crush President Trump if he will not turn. FDA employees say that they were pressured by the White House to speed the development of the mRNA. Now, I have no doubt because President Trump himself admitted he was pushing the FDA to get these injections done. He said he still to this day makes it a big selling point. They said it would take eight years to get these, these, he still thinks they're vaccines, to get these vaccines out. I told him, we don't have eight years, get it done and look what they did. Project Warp Speed's an incredible success. Now, the fact of the matter is Pfizer and Moderna and these people all wanted, all of them wanted to use this mRNA on people. It has been a design of theirs forever because they want to be able to genetically engineer us. And as the Bear CEO said, if we tell the truth to people that this is genetic engineering, they're not going to volunteer to get genetically engineered. No one's going to do that. So by calling them vaccines, we get to do that. So you have FDA employees who are quitting. You have FDA employees who are now not quite whistleblowing, but just about whistleblowing saying, yeah, we were pressured by the White House. We had questions about the efficacy. They haven't yet said safety. Because ridiculously enough, there's still people at the FDA who've said, oh, well, we don't think we need boosters because these things are so good. This is so solid, which was nonsense. They're building the framework to bring this back and hang it around Donald Trump's neck to say the reason people were killed by the injections was because Donald Trump meddled in the FDA and they will absolutely turn on a dime. Masks aren't necessary, Tony Fauci. Well, in the midst of a pandemic, wearing a mask does not provide the protection most people think it does. Tony Fauci. Well, I wear a mask because it's the right thing to do. My mask protects me. Your mask protects you. They'll turn on a dime. Because the data is not going to be something they can contain because other countries are not as aggressive at covering it up. For instance, there's a court proceeding going on in Canada. The new emails, these are, these are government people writing back and forth to one another in Canada. They admit they have no scientific basis for injection passports, for travel papers. They write, they have to find an excuse. They've got to find some way to pretend this is going to help stop the spread. These are their private conversations. And this is proven true. Now, the Canadian biology is not unique. There has never been a scientific justification for the medically useless, deadly, politically targeted lockdowns. There never can be because they don't work. They'll hang that around President Trump's neck. They will hang the injection injuries and they are massive. As are the lockdown deaths. There is now from, this is justthenews.com. This is um, John Solomon's organization. The... Insurance companies are looking at legal action against the injection manufacturers. Now, let me explain because, oh, wait, they have, they have immunity from us. <laughs> we, the, the taxpayers have to pay the bill for the injections that kill people or injure people unless you're an insurance company. So insurance company CEOs who are not going to make their $15 million personal bonuses are going to go sue the pharmaceutical companies who've made their $100 million personal bonuses by stealing money from us for a disgusting poison they put in people's veins. John Solomon writes, Yale epi epidemiologist Harley or Harvey Rich cites explosion of early unexpected mortality claims, largely not COVID-related, that insurers are struggling to pay following the alleged misrepresentation about all-cause mortality from clinical vaccine trials. 
One America CEO, Scott Davidson, told a healthcare conference in December, we've been talking about this, that the death rate has risen to an unheard of 40% in the working age people it insures compared to pre-so-called pandemic rates when a one in 200 year catastrophe would only bring 10% increase. Most claims aren't filed as COVID-related deaths because they're not. Public records show that Lincoln National, a much larger insurer, reported a 163% increase in death benefits paid out in 2021, the first year of the so-called vaccines. 1.4 billion compared to 500 million in the so in the pre-so-called pandemic 2019. 548 million in 2020. It largely blamed a 140 or pardon me, a $41 million operations loss in the first quarter of 2022 on non-pandemic related morbidity, including unusual claim adjustments and less favorable returns with the company's alternative investment portfolio. So you have the insurance companies lining up to sue the injection makers for deaths. And this wasn't on the ballot. This better get on the ballot. And I am begging anybody who has any influence in Trump Trump land to get to him and sit with him and show him the data. But it cannot be members of his family. Debbie Burks, the scam artist who now says, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I knew these things weren't going to stop infection. That psychopath? She admits in her book that her go-to people were Jared Kushner and Mike Pence. Pence, who intends to run for president. Kushner, who has been a liberal his whole life. Now, to his credit, he helped negotiate the Israeli deal. That's that's a remarkable thing. That accord, to his enduring credit, he got that done. Other people said it couldn't get done, and he did it by not bringing in the Palestinian Authority. But she said when she needed to pull a fast one on Trump, she went to Kushner and Pence. Someone somewhere needs to get to President Trump because this is not going to be contained anymore. This is from Australia. At this event with the American Medical Association in Australia, there was a special guest star about to speak, one Tony Fauci. When this happened, this is an Australian physician. The conference is underway. This guy's had enough. He stands up. He doesn't assault anybody. He doesn't even push anybody. He stands up and he seizes a microphone. Now, as you listen to this, imagine what do you think the crowd of mask-wearing sheeple doctors did? Uh, Omar, I'm sorry. Um, My colleagues of the AMA, my name is Dr. William Bay. And I'm a GP registrar, and I'm here today to ask you to join with the people of Australia and stop forcing these vaccines on people who are getting killed by them. Dr. Professor Paul Kelly is a liar. He is gaslighting all of you. And there is only a 0.27% fatality rate with the infection. And natural immunity has been proven recently in a Qatar study that it gives you 97.3% immunity for life against all variants. All GPs, all doctors of Australia, you are on notice by the people of Queensland. This is the Queensland people's protest and you have been warned. So he's walking out now. And what happened as he began to speak No one confronted him. No one was interested in what he was saying. They left. They got up and refused to hear him. Because they know. They know. President Trump had a great day. 
make America great again. Had a great day. America first had a great day. There are fallen countries like Washington State, which is utterly, utterly, utterly fallen and will not come back for the next half century. President Trump got COVIDed. I said at the time, the election is COVID and COVID is the election. I'm saying now, they will do it again to President Trump. They will make the injections the election and the elections the injections. All of these people injured by the injections will find their way onto TV. They'll find their way into the pages of the New York Times. Fauci, upon resigning, will write a book about how his concerns about the mRNA were overridden. The boss at Pfizer has already said he was shocked that they chose the mRNA. It didn't make any sense to him, but that's what they wanted. That's what they got. Every piece of this is ready to load into a rhetorical double-barrel shotgun and point it straight at the campaign of Donald Trump. If he doesn't change course, if people don't get to him and explain the truth of what these liars have done, there goes the election. Because it will be new news to 90% of people who hear it. God is revealing so much to so many. And I think he's asking of Donald John Trump an act of humility. I was wrong. I got it wrong. The forces of evil fooled me. And if the president were to do that and to repent of it, I don't know that God cares about elections, but God can't stand evil schemers. And he loves to foil their plans. And if he could use Donald John Trump to foil their plans, the man who nominated the people who did away with Roe versus Wade, I think he, the Lord, not biblical, my guess, I think God would find that pretty funny. I think he'd find it really funny. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please do share it with friends. Share button on your app. Easy enough to do somewhere on your app. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind. And let's all of us remember that often victory comes by being on our knees.